your servant And I am listening Speak to me, Lord, speak to me Speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you teach us, guide us into all truth, give us a spirit of revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So today I conclude this mini-series on those who are proud or humility because I know by the grace of God next week Bishop Eddie will be in the house. Too powerful. So the first week, the first Sunday we spoke about those who are proud. Basically talking about what is pride and what is the origin of pride and I believe we learned that people who are proud consider themselves high. And the scripture says we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Because you need somebody. And because you need someone, be like the boys who said, they formed a little club and said, nobody high, nobody low, everybody medium. So you look at somebody and he's not You don't see him as low You see him as He's a human being Created in the image of God Amen Amen. And when you looked at the origin of pride We realized that we have to go back Into time Before the creation of man To see that Lucifer was a being all glorious Clothed with precious minerals But Because of pride He fell And the pride Could be attributed To the wisdom and the beauty That he had So then again If you consider yourself to be wise And consider yourself to be beautiful Be warned You are at risk Of joining those who are proud Then last week we looked at the agents of humility. Now these agents of humility, as we learned about them from the life of Paul, are agents that God sends into your life like infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, and distresses. And I believe I shared on these agents of humility because it seems as though if you take the first step to humble yourself, God may not have to send those agents into your life. He may not have to. He may not have to. I say may because you may never know. And that's why today I'm concluding with the topic, how 
Humble yourself means do it yourself. Humble yourself means do it yourself. In other words, I, I believe that the scripture tells us clearly that we should take the first step in humbling ourselves. Why? Because God seems to wait for you to take the initiative. So if you humble yourself, then he will elevate you or exalt you. But if you take the first step and exalt yourself, you, God will then do the rest by bringing you down. <laughs> you know, when Abraham and Lot, who were uncle and nephew, God called Abraham. He said, leave your kindred, leave your people, and go to a place I will show you. Now, one of the things he did was to take Lot with him, which might as well, might as well have been a foundational mistake. Because the instruction is leave your kindred. Now, why do you take Lot, who is your nephew, with you? But, at a point, Abraham prospered, Lot prospered, and where they were, their cattle, their headsmen, there was strife. So Lot, Abraham being the older, and if you like more humble, called Lot for a meeting. Which should not even have been the case. Lot should have been the one to come and see his uncle about whatever. But Abraham said, okay, Lot, your headsmen and my headsmen are striving. So, the land is a lot. Choose one. <laughs> and I will also choose wherever. And Lot went ahead and chose. He said he chose the fertile valley where there was near Sodom, which was fertile. And then Abraham said, fine, if you've chosen that, also choose this other place. But very interestingly, in that same scripture, God says to Abraham, after he has told Lot to choose, that I'm giving you all of this, including the place that Lot had chosen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying that God knows he's, he's more skilled. God is wild. <laughs> Thank you. He's more skilled. That's why God also says that don't revenge. Because God, if he decides to take somebody on and revenge for you, oh, you will even start begging that, please. I think, yeah, but when you take the revenge upon yourself, I will do it. It doesn't work. Okay. So I just made that point to say that. Let's look at the scripture. Second Corinthians, sorry, sorry, sorry. James 4.10. James 4.10. James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. So again, we are being told that we should take the initiative. To humble ourselves. Another scripture. First Peter five five.
It says, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. So God seems to make us want to always submit ourselves to others. Deferring to others. In fact, I think in the book of Philippians chapter 2, probably around verse 3, he said that, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but let each esteem other better than themselves. Because when I think that I'm the wilder one, I'm the better one, and you also think that you are also wilder and better, that's what brings about problems. That's why I always thank God for the lives of Bishop E.A.T. Sake and Bishop Eddie Adi. Our father, Bishop Eddie Adi and Bishop E.A.T. Sake, both assistants of our father, Bishop Dagor Mills, each esteem the other better than themselves. Which has led to a wonderful relationship that has helped us all to see what it means to be an assistant. It's too nice and wonderful. So, I want to look at, I want us to look at what it means to humble yourself. Now, what do you have to do? Because you've heard humble yourself, but how do you do it? It's do it yourself, but how do you do it? And I propose three points. I had two in the morning, but a third one came towards the end of the preaching. <laughs> so the first point is humble yourself with the right attitude in prayer. Humble yourself or humble yourself by having the right attitude in prayer. And for this, we turn to a parable Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 18, starting from verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. Now that's a very, very powerful point there that do not trust in yourself. Your righteousness has to be the righteousness that God gives you. And it says, they trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Again, never come to church and see somebody and despise them. Never. 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 Learn from this parable. That this human being you are sitting by is also a person created in the image of God. If you remember the story of the canoe man and the professor, you realize that look, don't despise anybody. (laughs) The person you are despising, you may be in the water and he may have to come and save you. Verse 10. Is it frozen? Hey, the next verse. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Let's profile these two people. 
This Pharisee, if you look at a scripture Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, just that verse will tell about the Pharisee. We'll come back. We are just trying to profile these two men who went out to the temple to pray. In Matthew 5 20, Jesus made a statement. He said, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. I don't want us to study this verse. I just want you to look at Jesus trying to give an example of who was perceived to be righteous and using the Pharisees as an example. That tells you that the man who went into the temple, the Pharisee, to pray was, of a, was at a certain level in terms of righteousness. Now let's look at the other person, the publican. The publican was also known as a tax collector. Or that was his work. The name they gave to tax collectors was publicans. Now I'll just draw your attention to a couple of other verses in the Bible for you to see how tax collectors or publicans were regarded in those days. And the first verse is Luke chapter 7 verse 34. Luke chapter 7 verse 34. This was an accusation. Actually, Jesus was talking. And he said that, let's read 33, because it it will will give you an interesting um, lesson, if you like, on how not to try to please everybody. Because these were critics. It says, for John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and he said he had the devil. So, these were Critics of men of God say that John the Baptist he has a devil because we never saw him in all his how many years we never saw him eating or drinking. The next verse, Jesus, the Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. So you can see that the publicans are already, when you take the group of sinners, the publicans have already been added to them. Let me show you another verse. Matthew chapter 21. Verse 28. Matthew 21. This is a story Jesus told to the Jews. He said... A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. Next verse. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. That's the first son. Next verse. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered, I go, sir, and went not. Now look at what Jesus says. He says, whether of them twain did, did the will of his father, they say unto him, the first. Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. 
I just want you to note the associations. Publicans here are being grouped with harlots. Somebody said, show me your friend and I'll show you your character. So if you are listed and the other people in the list are sinners, harlots, and then you are a publican, it shows you the kind of person that the the kind of people the publicans were. (laughs) They were corrupt. Corrupt officials. Like in the day of Mobutu Seseko, when he would ask a minister to go and see the governor of the bank and say, one million safer. Get me one million safer. <laughs> and the bank, the minister would go to the governor and say, Mobutu wants two million safer. Because <laughs> he knew that one would come to him and then he would go and give one to the president. Then the governor would go to the vault and take three million safer. One for him. <laughs> it's not a simple matter. So, I'm just showing you who this man was. So let's go on with the story in Luke chapter 18 verse I'm sorry, around verse 10 or so. Two men, remember, two men went out to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, one a publican. Now look at what happened. Sometimes the Bible is like a movie. eh? It's exciting. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Number one, extortionists, unjust, adulterous, or even as this publican. <laughs> Immediately, eh, this Pharisee fell into an error. Second Corinthians 10, 12 tells us that people who compare themselves with others are not wise. His pride had made him foolish. Second Corinthians 10, 12, I believe that's where it's from. His pride had made him foolish. You see, some people say, you see a lady, not Chronicles, Corinthians. A lady says that, me dear, what you are saying about not having a boyfriend. Ah, me, I don't believe it. Me, I just have one boyfriend, that's all. I just have one. That's all. Because she knows somebody who has more boyfriends. <laughs> like that, like the woman of Samaria. <laughs> so she's comparing herself with the other people and saying, they, they, they have many boyfriends with me. Just one is okay. I mean, it's not bad. Or somebody who also said that, oh, boyfriend that can have, but somebody's husband, pardon they know. So that one, that's like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm righteous. Or someone say, oh, fornication, dear. No, but, but, but abortion, dear. I've never, I've never done abortion. <laughs> so, they, they, you see, so they are comparing themselves to the wrong people. Just as this Pharisee standing there and comparing himself with the publican was saying things. Because in his eyes, the 
obvious sins such as extortion, being unjust, being an adulterer. Those to him were the sins, but he didn't realize that he himself was suffering from a greater sin, which is the sin of pride. Look at the next verse. He was going on. I fast twice in the week. Uh, no, immediately if I try to apply that rule here. As the last time you fasted was when we declared the fast. The church declared the fast. I mean, since that fast was declared, is he okay? This brother, set up. Since that fast was declared and we finished, the Lord has never spoken to you about fasting since that time. How come you are a Christian? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, but since that time, you haven't heard about fasting in your life. The Lord hasn't spoken about fasting. This Pharisee was fasting twice a week. <laughs> and look at the other thing he was saying. He says, I give tithes of all that I possess. And Nutria said, when his salary came, he paid the tithes. But when his friend wired to him some momo, he also paid tithes on that one. But you are saying that, oh, the salary is okay. Or like that brother who was looking for hundred cities desperately. So he went some and saw some money on the floor. When they picked it up, 150, 220s. I said, hey, it's like God has taken his 10. So I don't need to give, pay any tithe. Because <laughs> if God wanted me to pay tithe, like, give me 100. Hey. But the Pharisee said, I give tithes of all that I possess. But look at the um, publican. The next verse. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. When you study Psalm 51, one day I heard somebody call it the masterpiece of an apology. Where David, king of Israel, instead of going to war in 2 Samuel 11, stayed in the house and was walking about on his roof and saw a lady having her bath. And one thing led to another. At the end of that movie, the lady's husband was dead. And the lady had moved into David's house. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Now, do you know that Uriah was one of David's mighty men? You know that, don't you? But Uriah's father-in-law, that is the father of Bathsheba, 
was also one of the mighty men. So in effect, Bathsheba was the daughter of Ahitophel's son, granddaughter. So many people feel that that was one of the reasons why Ahitophel turned against David later because he was bored about the whole thing that you, a king, look at what you've done and you've managed to get away with it. So, you see, some people they don't complain, but when they see others doing something, they say, ha, he's speaking for us, then they join. <laughs> yeah. So, when David sinned, in Psalm 51, verse 1, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. You see, I get very interested in David's prayer because by the time David had finished confessing his sins, he had acknowledged the three major areas of sin. This word, transgressions, also means rebellion. So what David was saying was that, I am rebellious at heart. I've committed this sin because I'm rebellious and didn't try to justify himself. Verse 2 says that, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. You see, that's another word. Iniquity is a different word. But this word iniquity means to be perverse. That's to go off and do something which is not even allowed or normal or you know, it's like I've gone off. I've really done something very bad. And then he says, and cleanse me from my sin. This is another Hebrew word which means to offend or to miss the mark or to go astray. So David was saying that on all counts I'm wrong. And just that was what the publican also said. He said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I think that the right attitude that will bring us humility when we come before God is to also acknowledge that, Lord, I'm a sinner. And not to say that other people have sinned and I am okay. Yes. That's how we have... That's how you see, because at the end, that verse, that's a passage in Luke chapter 18. It says, I tell you, the conclusion is that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And he says, for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Jesus made this statement in Luke, in Matthew, Mark. It's it's so important. And if you remember, what he said was that Lucifer demonstrated it. He was the first to demonstrate to us that when you exalt yourself, you be humbled. But Jesus came and did the opposite. He came and humbled himself and he was exalted. Meanwhile, other people not learning from the example of Lucifer like Nebuchadnezzar. He was a king and he had a vision and saw 
a huge image head of gold arms and torso of silver belly and thighs of bronze feet iron and clay mixed together and he asked and Daniel showed him the interpretation and one of the statements Daniel made was that you Nebuchadnezzar are the head of gold immediately after that dream you know what Nebuchadnezzar went to do he went to make an image entirely of gold like head to toe gold almost like saying that <laughs> I'm also trying to do my thing he was trying to exalt himself that no 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 I can't, I cannot just be the head I'll be the everything so God took him through something at the end of the day this is what Nebuchadnezzar said in Daniel 4 37 he said the same thing Daniel 4 37 he said that now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven all whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride he is able to abase he lowered Nebuchadnezzar to the point that Nebuchadnezzar ate grass he thought he was a cow for seven years his claws grew his nails may you humble yourself so that God will exalt you and I'm saying that one of the ways by which we humble ourselves is to come to him in prayer with the right attitude number two humble yourself by serving the Lord humble yourself by serving the Lord Acts chapter 20 verse 19 speaking it says serving the lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the line in which of this world i want us to note the association of serving with humility serving the lord with all humility of mind And I want to propose to you that if you decide to serve the Lord, it will be one of the means, one of the ways, one of the routes that God will use to make you humble. It's one of the do-it-yourself ways. Why? Jesus is our example. And he said in Matthew chapter 20 verse 28, I like that. New International Version of Matthew 20:28. Jesus said, He, the Son of Man, had come not to be saved, but to save. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to save and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's beautiful. That if you also save, your life will be able to ransom many people. Who become born again. Amen. So what I want to propose to you is this. Coming to church. And being in church. Is one of the avenues by which God will help you to humble yourself. Let me give a couple of examples. Say you are an usher. Ashes. Come to mop the floors. 
before we come to church. They mop the floor. They keep the, 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 the room tidy. So let's say that you have never mopped any floor. But you decided to become an usher. The moment you become an usher, you'll be given a mop to help. You are already humbling yourself. You're on the roots. You will meet somebody who will challenge you about where you told him to sit. It's also a way of helping you to be humble because the Bible said only by pride cometh contention. So when you want to face the person, shout at him and tell him that hey, you will cool down. <laughs> you cool down. What about a ministry in church called Euro Toilet? Also known as the fragrance ministry. These are people who come from their homes and they come and clean the toilets. It's a way of attaining humility. One of my friends told me, he's a bishop, he says, the head of my fragrance team is a top bank manager in one of the banks in Accra. That's what she has decided to do to serve the Lord. She's there. Ask your friend, what can you do in the church to attain humility? Oh, you not ask him. Or you don't know him. Will you just come and sit in church and watch the preacher and watch the singers and watch the instrumentalists and go back? Then I... Then I, 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 I'm telling you that you are not trying to attain humility. Oh yes. When you come for rehearsals, let's say you are a singer and you come for rehearsals and you are not singing the part well. <laughs> and your leader faces you the head. Don't sing it that way. Auto don't auto auto doesn't sound like you are auto where you are trying to sing the tenor parts. It will immediately make you humble because you can't say that oh, I'm going home. You know, when we used to play football with little ball balls, we, we all didn't have football. So some people had the ball and they'll bring it for us to play. But if his team was losing, he could pick the ball and go home. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going home. The match has ended. I, I, I brought my ball. You are scoring me. I'm going home. But when you come to church, hey, you cannot pick any ball. You cannot get up and go. You have to stay there and be humble and receive the correction, the discipline, the training, everything. So that you'll be. You'll be. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, I'll tell you something. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul says something about the calling. Can I have Bacenta leaders to stand up? If you are a Bacenta leader, please stand up. Let me see. If you are a Bacenta leader. Yeah. Okay. 
at First Corinthians one twenty six. It says, "For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called." What Paul is doing is he's describing the characteristics of those who are called. And those who do, who therefore do ministry work. And he's saying that in his observation, not many of them are what? Wise. Can I see the Basanta leader here who is either a lecturer or a professor in the university? Is there any Basanta leader who holds a doctorate? Please give me a wave if you're one of those. Okay, he's a is a lecturer. You are a lecturer. You used to be a lecturer, but at least there's one. One. See, the and Paul said, not many. Not many. The next one. Not many mighty. And as for mighty there, one of my first references is financial might. Can I see the percentage leaders who drive their own cars? You have your own car? One. Two. The lecturer. So he's wise and he's mighty. And three. Yeah, among the percentage leaders. And I even think that in a church of this size, that the Basanta leaders look like some scattered people amongst us. It's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's like there are some rare species. And he says, not many noble. You know the noble people. I mean, yeah. You see, in university, they call it akapompo. Academic pomposity. When they wear their gowns and hair. Contentious, yes. So, do you know what I want to propose? I want to propose that in case you are one of those wise, you're one of those mighty, you're one of those noble, humble yourself by trying to do work like the Basenta work. Yes, because Basenta work will humble you. I was being humble when I was chasing teenage boys in what do you call that place? Yeah, yeah. Libya. There's a place, Libya quarters. <laughs> I want to start a percentage in Libya quarters. <laughs> yes, I was there. The places I've entered and the places I've seen. Oh, you'll be humble. You'll be cool. You see, another way for humility is cool. Because you don't respond. Humble people don't. Hey. You have too much fight here because you are not humble. <laughs> hey. They told me that, okay, we'll go with you, but there's a public bathroom here. We are going to bath there. So come and wait for us here. They entered. As someone of them said, 
<laughs> they are gone cry. <laughs> they are gone cry. They said, we don't have dresses to wear. I said, oh, I'll bring you the shirts, trousers. I'll bring you some. One day I was witnessing to one of these young boys. And I said, now it's time to receive Christ. Will you receive Christ? I said, no, I'll not receive Christ. <laughs> I said, you pa. Why would, no, why would you not pray? He said, because I'm not wearing a shirt. I said, well, I'll look. In, you see, that's what I'm saying now. When you start serving the Lord, this, these are the encounters. These are the humility encounters. Whether in the church or outside the church. And so I'm telling you that the do-it-yourself is, or part of the do-it-yourself is, serve the Lord as an usher. As a communion star. I'm a communion star. It even looks glorious. More than humble. Or you wear nice, whatever, and come and serve the pastors. Down to you, not join. You're an able bodied man. You can join security or join the ashes. But you just come to church and sit down, and when you finish the preaching, you go home. You're not trying to be humble. I just come to tell you, I'm just, I'm just saying that do it yourself means that serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Don't just sit in church. Serve the Lord. But not only this. Thank you. You may sit down. Oh, yes. The last point. Humble yourself through the institution of marriage. <laughs> oh, yes. One day, the baby pig asked his mother, Why is your mouth so long? <laughs> See, your mouth is long, pa. And she said to her, in fact, you will grow up. When you grow up, your nose might even be longer than mine. <laughs> in Ephesians 5.22, the Bible says of wives, Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Beautiful. It means as you are submitting to your husband, consider how you would submit unto the Lord when you meet him and do the same to your husband. I can hear somebody say, but he is not the Lord. <laughs> but look at Paul says, as unto the Lord. Even Sarah, she called her husband Lord. Hey! <laughs> wow! Is it not powerful? First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. 
<laughs> I'm talking about humility through marriage. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Giving what? Honor. Uh-huh. We don't read this verse. Husbands, we don't read this verse. When we get there, then we do a long jump over the verse. Do you know what it means to give honor? It means to set a value upon. To set a value upon. That's what Bishop already told us. Give money. Spending money. Uh, we haven't done it. Like we have forgotten. Oh, that was a preaching. That was a preaching on what um, those. So that we have. After that, we went to fruitfulness. So uh, the preaching. <laughs> You know, when I'm about to end, because I told you three points. <laughs> if you are a wife and you enter into, I mean, a woman, you enter into marriage, you know, I know a couple of women, hey, the wild, like choleric leaders and things, but I watched them in amazement when they got married. They are still wild and still leaders and still in, in outside the home. But when they come to the homes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the women who fail to change and submit to their own husbands, they don't last in the marriage. Oh yes. One day my friend went for a function (laughs) a lady she went for a function and at the function she saw that there were two groups of women because this was like an old girls association meeting the married wives and the unmarried wives the unmarried woman. Now the unmarried woman, many of them were divorcees. But they knew how to trap a man. So as my friends sat at the meeting, the married women were together and chatting. When this, and they, they have a fellowship, the, the, the unmarried, the divorced woman, divorced choleric leadership woman. When they arrived, now the married woman said, hey, let's all go and look for our husbands because this woman has come. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and look for our husbands because these women have come. Hey. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23. So if you are in marriage, know that it is a school of humility. A damsel, give it to us in the New Living Translation. It's a story that is being told as I close. It's suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin who is engaged to be married, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If this happens within a town, next verse, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. 
<laughs> the church will be finished. <laughs> Listen to this, oh. I'm telling you something. <laughs> The woman is guilty because she did not scream for help. (laughs) This is how the Bible distinguishes between rape and consensual sex. That if it happens within a town and you didn't shout (laughs) I mean shout before you start (laughs) then it's not true that you were raped it's not true when there are other people around who can hear why didn't you why didn't you say something why didn't you scream the man must die because he violated another man's wife. In this way, you patch this evil from among you. Next verse. But if the man meets the engaged woman out in the country and he rapes her, then only the man must die. Why? Next verse. Do nothing to the young woman. She has committed no crime with her. She is as innocent as a murder victim. Next verse. Since the man raped her out in the country, it must be assumed that she screamed, but there was no one to rescue her. <laughs> Outside of town, if it happened in the bush. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, but not, but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, he must pay her father fifty pieces of silver. Then he must marry the young woman because he violated her, and he may never divorce her as long as he lives. This is the verse I want you to show us in the King James verse twenty verse verse. verse that verse, verse 29 it says then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father 50 shekels of silver and she shall be his wife because he hath humbled her so I'm proposing to you as a wife that even the process of having sex is humbling and so proud Women cannot properly, nicely, enjoyingly they must be paid for sex. They must crocro you are one hour (laughs) one hour (laughs) after that okay. (laughs) the food is cold it's okay so how I want to propose to women 
or wives is that to go in the road of humility, do it yourself. Oh yes, do it yourself. <laughs> DIY. You must call him the head, brother. Are prepared. But you see, the interesting thing is that the harlots, that's what they do. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, the harlot told the young man that my husband has gone. The good man, he has, the, no, the strange woman said, he has gone away now. Everything, even the bed, everything is prepared. So men and brethren, humble yourself means do it yourself. Number one, by having the right attitude of humility in prayer. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Number two, by deliberately doing something in the church that will help the process of humility. And number three, when you enter marriage, know that it is a school of humility. And just as you graduate in school to university and go on and go on and go on, you have to go higher in that school of marriage. But the way up is the way down. That is, as you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Let's rise to our feet. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. He shall lift you up. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. He shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. He shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. I humble myself, I humble myself by the side of He shall lift me up, He shall lift me up. I humble myself, humble myself.
starts to pray, commit yourself unto God. And say, Lord, help me, help me, help me in the name of Jesus. All these three ways, Lord, to humble myself, to take that step, to do it myself, to take the initiative, to do what is required of me, to do it well. So that you will lift me up. Oh yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We don't want the agents of humility to humble us. We want you, oh Lord, to humble us, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, I, I want us to pray another prayer. I like the first, uh, the public house. I said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want us to pray, Lord, be merciful to us. Show us mercy. Show us mercy. It's a good prayer to pray. Say, mercy, Lord. Begin to pray. Father, mercy, Lord. Mercy, 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 Lord. For our sins. For offending. For missing the mark. For falling short of the mark. For our transgressions. Our rebellion, oh God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, for our iniquity. Perverseness. Oh Jesus, help us Lord, help us Lord. As we come to you Lord today, we say, we say the prayer of the public says, Lord be merciful to me, a sinner. We know that you show us mercy, in Jesus name, Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you are here, but you are not born again. Jesus said, accept your righteousness, exceed that of the Pharisees, you not enter the kingdom of heaven. You know that your righteous cannot. So what you need is the righteousness of Jesus. So if you are here and you want to give your life to Christ, you want to pray that Jesus will take over your life, lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. If that is you, just lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Lift up your right hand. I really want to pray with you today. I really want to pray with you today. Is there anybody who has lifted their hands up? If you have, Please come forward. I want to pray with you. Come right here. Come running. Come running. Come running. Come. Now is your time. Now is your opportunity. Yes. This is the time. This is the day. Yes. You are here. You used to be on fire. You used to serve God. But you know that you are not the same. Something may have crossed your path and made you fall. But you want to rise again. I want you to come and join them. Sing it. If you are here and they say, I've become a
a third altar call, you are here, but you don't speak in tongues. You are born again, but you don't speak. You have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come and join them. Sing that song. He said that you should come into his presence without fear. You desire to speak in tongues, but you don't. to pray the sinner's prayer because that sinner's prayer is important for all three classes of you let's bow our heads I want you to say this you say it after me say heavenly father I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me I know I'm a sinner I cannot save myself please forgive me wash away my sins Make me a new creature. Write my name in the book of life. Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer. Now, I want you to do this. Lift one finger like this. And say, Satan, I'll no longer follow you. I belong to Jesus. Today, I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. In Jesus name Our pastor is here Reverend Emmanuel He wants to go with all of you So please look at him Go with him You are going to serve Communion She can go Clap your hands my body it's time for communion. And drink, this is my blood, which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The cup of blessing which the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the body of Christ you know communion is what is which is the Greek word koinonia is what is translated in the grace to fellowship contribution participation partnership today I want your taking of this body of Jesus to be a prayer because I sense that you may have worked with God, but your communion, your fellowship, your intercourse, your participation, your involvement with the Holy Spirit may have been affected. If that is you, take this as a supernatural thing that is going inside you too. Rekindle your desire. 
Because some of us used to go and wait on the Lord. Some of us used to go and pray. But we don't do that anymore. I feel that this one, I sense that supernaturally, if you believe, if you take it, something will happen to you today. Which will set you on the road back to greater communion, greater fellowship, greater participation. It's something supernatural. Lift it up and say, The body of Jesus, my communion with the Holy Spirit, eat it. of Jesus is a solution for the sin problem of man. Man, our major problem is sin. And just as I talked about sins, which are offenses, missing the mark, going astray, or transgression, which is rebellion, or iniquity, which is something that is perverse. You may have in your life, as you're looking at me right now, a sin that you are finding hard to control. But today I want you to believe supernaturally that as this drink is going inside you, God is going to expand certain things from you. They are just going to leave you. Demons will come out of you as you take this blood, a powerful force lift it up say the blood of Jesus the solution to my sin problem drink it is a supernatural the Holy Ghost manifestation part of our service we believe oh God that the things the operations of the spirits happen when the word of God is being shared and when we take the communion Father I am praying for everyone held bound by desires and passions that they cannot control I pray for everyone involved in the sin of masturbation, pornography fornication, they cannot come out Father I pray in the name of Jesus, let the blood of Jesus let the power of Jesus let the Holy Ghost expand every demon every influence every power of Satan holding them Habitual sins, persistent sins, they confess them, then they come back and do them. But Lord, today, oh God, we are believing you, oh God. As you have taken the blood of Jesus, which is the solution for our sin problem, cause those illnesses, infirmities, diseases to vanish in the name of Jesus. May they not control us anymore. Addictions, Lord. We come against the power of addictions in the name of Jesus. We come.
against the power with draw symptoms to take people back to things that they know are hurting them of God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from addictions, O God. Lord, you said if we humbled ourselves, you'd exalt us. I am praying that several people here will be exalted financially, O God. Father, we come to church to serve you. We come to church to, to, to try to please you. I am praying in the name of Jesus that the exaltation begin, O God. That many who are not mighty financially, set them on the road to financial might in the name of Jesus. People who have borrowed money, O God, I pray that you give them grace, O God, to come out of a cycle of death. The death cycle is broken in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for infirmities, diseases that have limited us and held us down. Thank you for deliverance today. In Jesus' name. Amen. have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Macarius Church headquarters East Lake on Hills Accra stay blessed I am waiting